Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It's Wednesday, October 2nd, and you are listening to the College Football Daily, dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news all within 15 minutes or fewer. My name is Connor Tapp, and I'm joined today by 24-7 Sports College Sports Editor Trey Scott. In the second half of the show, we've got some legislative updates on the name, image, and likeness controversy in college athletics. But Trey, first, you've you've decided to dig a little deeper on a topic that you, you, you've kind of intermittently brought up something going on with Mississippi State's suspensions this year. And I've kind of registered that as a thing in my brain, but never really bothered to find out what's going on. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we kind of, I mean, college football is our livelihood and creating content based on college football. And yet I was I think kind of in the dark of the fact that Mississippi State, because the school was placed on academic probation, or probation earlier this year following an incident where a student and a tutor reported academic fraud, Mississippi State, Connor, has 10 players on its team, can't be named because of FERPA, who must sit out eight games this season. Wow. So these 10 players can only play four games. And while you can't name it because of FERPA, it does become very obvious at least as far as the stars are concerned, like who is sitting? Like star linebacker Willie Gay has only played one game against Kentucky. He had a pick six. Stud defensive tackle Lee Autry has played two games. Like, and, and Mississippi State is not announcing who's suspended or who's not suspended until kickoff. So there's a whole other conversation to be had for like if you're a gambler, if you're Las Vegas, what are you doing with Mississippi State? Probably not touching it. But this story... I think has been so like nationally, I can hardly find anything about it on the internet. Yeah. And I think it's been underrepresented, underreported. We're about to start an interview I had with uh, Steve Robertson, a Mississippi state analyst for 24 seven sports over at jeanspage.com to kind of get some info. But this is, it's, I've never seen anything like this. This is, we have a, you know, SEC West program that is a successful one. kind of stumbling along this season. Because they're best, and not only, Mississippi State, I believe, it's clear, they're conceding the games, yeah. the Auburns, and the, they're going to the Alabamas and the LSUs, they're, they're just not going to play their guys for that. They're going to, they're saving their guys for the swing games, the Kentuckys, the Ole Misses, the Tennessees, I think. And this is going on in year two for Drew Moorhead, a point where you normally expect to see a coach take a big step at a new school. Yeah, so st- yeah I asked Steve about that, kind of whether the fans are going to give him a pass. Everyone was sort of thinking eight and four for Mississippi State. They'll probably make a bowl game, but it's certainly not the season anyone expected in Starkville. It's very frustrating. It's very interesting. So uh, let's jump to it. Hey, what's up? Hey, Steve. I've already kind of laid out what's happening, that there are 10 players who must sit eight games this season nationally. I sort of wonder why this isn't a bigger story. There seems to be a veil of secrecy around this. There's a lot to unpack. Glad to have you help me with that. I guess we'll start from the top. 
do you know who all 10 of these players are? Well, we know unofficially, you know, but it's, uh, you can kind of do the math on some of this. And, uh, you know, most of them are younger guys that were, you know, kind of third and fourth teamers. But, you know, uh, there have been some big names like, you know, w- Willie Gay is a guy that has been, shall we say, chronically unavailable this year. And, uh, you know, the university can't release a statement of names because of FERPA. I mean, they're they're protected and kind of precluded from from doing that. And so every week on game day, we get a list of uh, the guys that are listed on the two deep that are missing from action on that day. And so the university has not, nor will they, will they make a formal declaration about who those 10 players are. You can kind of see Mississippi state as far as mapping out its schedule of who's playing when, is it fair to say they've decided to almost concede the very toughest games like the Auburns, maybe the Alabamas and save a Willie Gay for a swing game like Kentucky. And then surely the egg bowl. I mean, these guys can only play in four games. Am I right here? I think that line of thinking is probably correct. I don't know if you would say that they're conceding the games, but I think what they're the, the, the school of thought here is to play these guys in winnable games, winnable conference games when possible. And the Lee Autry situation was a little difficult because, you know, he played against Southern Miss, and we don't know for sure that he's one of the ten, but we certainly believe that's the case. I mean, I think just doing the math on that, you can get a pretty good indicator is he was the only returning defensive tackle from last year's three-deep chart, and then he's been unavailable. But, you know, he's played in a couple of ball games. But the Southern Miss situation was difficult because they had three offensive linemen go down with injury against Louisiana Lafayette. And so they had to move James Jackson from defensive line over to the offensive positions. And so as a result, they had a depth concern at defensive line. And so they had to bring Audrey, Audrey into service. Have you guys – uh, have you in the media or have you kind of mapped out in your head how you think this might look the rest of the season? Like if you look at swing games, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Arkansas, like have you – do you think about that? Are you guys kind of playing a game? All right, he's got four games left, yada, yada. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and, and most of those guys have already served five games, you know, but they're not – they're not guys that you would say that are major contributors. You know, as far as you know, the names that you that you feel like you're confident with, you know, Willie Gay and Lee Autry, Marcus Murphy's a guy that was a kind of a second team safety, and and he's only played in one game as well. And so, when you look at what's remaining on the schedule, if I were a betting man, and I'm not, but if I were, I would expect them to play Tennessee, Arkansas, Ole Miss. I think that's. That makes the most sense based on kind of what we've heard privately and what we've seen from them so far. I mean, certainly they could have used them against Kansas State, against that formidable running game that the Wildcats brought. That's again, Mississippi State ultimately lost. And so it has had a major impact on the season already. And this is a team that was probably expected to go eight and four. But I think now you're looking perhaps at a seven and five ceiling unless they could work an upset somewhere and possibly take down a team like Texas A&M on the road. Yeah, I I guess – the Bulldogs already had lost those three first round picks on defense. And then in the games where Autry and Gay are not playing, you're maybe down your best five defenders from last year. So it's dramatically downgraded. Yeah, I, no, I, no doubt about it. Yeah. And not just not just the first round draft picks, but you know, you lose basically all of your two deep along the defensive front. I mean, Chauncey Rivers is really the only guy back on that defensive front that got major snaps last year. 
And so while you felt really good at linebacker, you're replacing the guys up front, and then you're replacing not just Jonathan Avram, but Mark McLaurin, who was a four-year starter at safety. And so while the safeties have been pretty good this year, for the most part, they've had their moments. You know, it's not just those three first-round picks. This is a defense that is really kind of playing a lot of role players in a starting role for the first time. Do you kind of feel like this is shaping up, and I don't want to be this negative, but to kind of be like a lost season in Starkville, given those losses? And yes, like eight and four was a great preseason projection without, but I mean, we didn't really, I guess, nationally assume Gay and Autry wouldn't be playing. How do you kind of expect this to evolve going forward? Well, I think it'll end up being a bowl season, but I think it, I don't think it's a season that people are going to look back and say, man, what a great year. Because and this is the thing, too, about all this is really unfair, is this is not a situation of Joe Moorhead's making. But now he's having to navigate, as you mentioned, the losses of some very talented players, but also, too, having to deal with, uh, you know, 10 players being suspended for eight games through no fault of his own. And so I don't know there's anybody that's having to kind of you know, play roster roulette the way Joe Moorhead is trying to figure this thing out. But I think ultimately they will get to a bowl game and uh, yeah, they'll be full strength for the Egg Bowl and full strength for the bowl game and hopefully can end the season on a good note. What are the fans saying? I, I guess they're I guess they're going to give the coaching staff a pass because, yes, this is roster roulette. Are they frustrated with the NCAA? Are they frustrated at all with the coaches? Are they frustrated with not knowing who's out until kickoff? I think they're frustrated with everybody. Uh, I think they're frustrated with the, the loss of expectations. I think they're frustrated with the fact that uh, the players themselves that were involved in this activity, I think they're very disappointed in that. They're disappointed in the fact that the uh, you know, the compliance department got had to get involved and the NCAA you know, uh, sanctioned the university. And so there's a lot of frustration to go around. But the bottom line is the blame in all of this lies with the players that made a very, very poor decision – and a tutor who sought to kind of exploit a situation and uh, and make some money in the deal. And then as a result, everybody that is invested in Mississippi State football is picking up the tab. Steve, thank you. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. So California's governor has already signed into effect that state's Fair Pay to Play Act, say that nine times fast, Connor, which beginning in 2023 will allow college athletes to be paid for their name, likeness, and image. Now we can add Florida to the mix of states shaking up the NCAA. Uh, Representative Keon McGee filed a bill in the Florida House of Representatives aimed at preventing the NCAA from blocking student-athletes from receiving compensation for the use of their likeness or name. If that passes, it would go into effect of July of 2020, next year, like not 2023, next year, greatly accelerating the NCAA's timeline to figure something out here. Florida is an even more influential state in college football world than California, in my opinion, uh, as far as the NCAA should be concerned. The SEC and the ACC have footprints extending into it. This is a really big deal. We already knew this, but South Carolina state senators have also said they'll file a similar bill in January when that state's general assembly resumes. So 
The NCAA has much more than a California problem here. Yeah, and so as this story has been going on, the NCAA, when they've commented on these developments in California, they've said, we've got, an, we've got a working group trying to figure out this issue. On that working group is Ohio State AD Gene Smith, who very interestingly spoke to the media on Tuesday and said if the California law went into effect immediately, he wouldn't schedule teams from California. So that's a massive conflict of interest, perhaps, because Smith is co-chair on the NCAA's working group. Uh, so it kind of suggests maybe that working group has not been formed in good faith at this point. So. Yeah, I mean, he's co-chair. It's, this is all accelerating pretty quickly. Yeah. The California thing was sort of a simmer that reached a boil on Monday because it finally it got signed into effect. But 2023 yeah. is a ways away. Yeah. 2020. That sharpens it into a focus. And it's Florida. Yeah. It's not like Idaho. You're right. This is a this is the state. Yeah. For the NCAA. This is I mean, I'm not even talking about the recruiting hotbed, because I, I that would factor into this a bit, but the Florida Gators, SEC. You're talking about the entire SEC here because it's one team in there. Florida State and Miami, ACC. It just, this is, it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. And it, it is upsetting that someone like Gene Smith yeah. is on the coacher. Gavin Newsom, when he was on LeBron James' show, one of the things he was saying that he thinks that the California bill is going to ignite a, a bunch of other states to follow in their footsteps because now state of California, it's a ways out, but theoretically they have built in a recruiting advantage. Um, so maybe other states want to stay competitive in college athletics. Maybe they need to pass similar law too. So far we've got Florida, South Carolina. Will any others get on board? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. That's going to do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. If you appreciate what we're doing, we ask that you do one thing this week to help spread the word about the show, whether that's telling a friend or family member that Trey and I wake up at 6 a.m. every weekday to make sure you're all caught up on the college football news of the day. Or, you know, just leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, whichever is easier for you. Either one is great. For Trey Scott and our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Connor Tapp, and we'll see you bright and early on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.